Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, non-patrons, to episode 244 of Dude and a Monkey. If you were a patron, you'd have just listened to our fantastic conversation about, and I'm not going to tell you, become a fucking patron and listen. Uh, you'll also get other content uh, within that patron. Uh, you'll get Ian's uh, Satan Sound Top 250. Is. Two Lane Blacktop I did this week. Two Lane Blacktop. I like Two Lane Blacktop. I'm not um, fucking saying whether I liked it. Pay us. Payers, yes. Uh, and uh, you can listen to me, uh, Commit to Terms with Sansa Lambs, and later on next week you'll listen to me, maybe Commit to Terms, or maybe going, no, do you know what, I'm fucking right, about The Prince's Bride. Yes. Oh, I, shit. Yes. And, <laughs> and, coming this weekend, we're recording our Neon Demon commentary as part of our, we say monthly, it's kind of not working monthly at the moment, sorry about that, guys, um, yep. commentary track. Uh, choice by the patrons $2.50 a month we don't pimp it that much but there is quite a bit of extra content on there the show's about 12 minutes longer this week I reckon um, yeah. even though to be fair a minute of it's me trying to find a bottle opener so just a w- fair warning um, but yeah $2.50 a month you get a lot of extra, extra content and literally it pays for the podcast hosting and the site hosting like yeah yeah and we've we've just renewed the site, which has given me an extra vigour to write things for it. So I'll hopefully start getting more on there, um, film and music related. It's going to be a lot more of that. Yeah, do it. Expand that cool. shit. I'm going to try and write about Army Hammer more. Yes, you should write about Army Hammer more. <laughs> um, I, 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 yeah, I've, I'm got a review bubbling for a couple of a couple of things at the moment that i'm going to write about um including one um which basically is is me explaining the game why i'm an idiot which seems to happen quite a lot nice. <laughs> so yeah what we got this week we've got um we've got the shape of water review haven't yep. we yep we've got the uh the review of the final uh 50 shades movie 50 shades freed mm-hmm. uh we're finally reviewing magnolia yeah which we said we'd do to coincide with the phantom thread we're doing it three weeks later yeah uh but fuck it we said we'd do it and we're doing it yeah it's three hours for three hours ten minutes long but mm-hmm. we're doing it mm-hmm. um we'll chat some trailers there's been a couple out but not many uh i know i've got i've got a few things um to chat on what we've been watching mm. and uh yeah we'll we'll tangent along the way i am sure ian is there anything that's kind of happened in the wonderful world of film that we need to talk about uh this week Uh, sorry excuse me i've still got that cough from last week i tell you what i think my boss gave like gave me my cough like she fucking like bless her she's been fucking suffering suffering and like got a cough and i think it just went to me like it's not fucking off anyway um it was the baftas nothing much really happened no like, yeah, it's, it's just a little bit. I've, I've I've never I've never kind of got on with the Baftas in the sense that I, you know it's it just feels a little bit. Well, yeah, that's happened. It, it feels like in relation to the Oscars, it's hashtag Me Too. Yeah, it's like yeah, I I I want to come play too. I'll do it a couple of weeks before the Oscars while where studios are still bothered to send people over to try and drive publicity for their Oscar campaigns. Yes, please. Hi. Yeah. It's a little bit like that, but you know, if it, it, it would, if, if it comes upon it, I very much doubt they put on, um, American trailers, you know, or blah, BAFTA nominated actors. It's like, right, sir, 
I think the fact that it's also TV as well, I don't think helps. Yeah, it's just it's it's just another one of those things on the build up to the Oscars. Yeah, it is a little bit. It, it, it's like, you know, I think I guess I, I think everybody who wins it is probably very proud, and they should be very proud that they've won it. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's still it's still a big achievement to fucking win a BAFTA. Mm. But um, it, it's very much one of these things where I think if you were to offer any actor, di- writer, director anything to do with film and say, right, you can have a BAFTA, or you can have an Oscar, they're going to go, could I have the Oscar, please? Yeah, I mean that. that yeah, I mean that's, that's fair it. Enough. What did we learn? People like free billboards, despite the fact the internet doesn't, or like or like BAFTA does. Um, what else did we learn? Daniel Kaluuya is a rising star. Yep, great. And mm-hmm. by the way, actually, ever so slight tangent, a podcast I think I've recommended before, Playback with Christopher Tapley. It's a variety podcast. He did an interview that I listened to um, <laughs> this week. It was released a few weeks back. That guy knows his film, and he seems he? Re- yeah, he seems oh, really nice. passionate. And he seems to have his ear to the ground. Like, I came out of that with more... I, I already had quite a bit of respect for Daniel Kaluuya, but I, I came out of that with more respect than I did coming in. He actually, it's always... He seems yeah, to be a one. It's good. It's always it's always nice when when, um, when you hear an interview with somebody, an, an actor, writer, director, or anything like that, and they actually seem to really have a proper actual passion for film. I remember... Um, a while ago, read, seen an interview. I can't remember if I read it or I saw it. I think I might have read it uh, with Jesse Eisenberg, who basically said that he doesn't watch films and isn't that interested in films. Yeah. And I thought, huh, right. So why are you an actor then? Yeah, I mean, and it, 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 it made me think that it, it was that thing of right. He, he says, you know, it's very much it's a job to him. And I thought, well, that's. Do you know what? That's fine. You know, who am I to criticise? But it's a little bit like, but you'd want somebody who's got it at that position to it have it as a as a passion. It's it's like when you, and I've seen it before with uh, with footballers who go, yeah, I don't really like football. I'm just I'm just I just happen to be really good at it. And it's been like, right, that's cool and well done on you. And it, it takes an awful lot of dedication and an awful lot of sacrifice to get to where you are to mm. being able to make a living out of it. It doesn't just happen. Um, but it just feels a little bit like. Oh, fuck, there's a, there's somebody out there that would fucking love to do that, and they've just not they've just not had the that little bit that somebody has got, that, and it can be a break or it can be anything like that. It just always feels a little bit wasted. It's why I remember um, one of the episodes of the Brett Easton Ellis podcast I enjoyed the most was the one he had Tom Sizemore on. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he he really he loves film and he's he wasn't on. <laughs> the Brady's Nice podcast just to talk about Tom Sizemore. Mm. He was talking about um, about all the films that Brady's Nice was saying. Oh yeah, when I saw this, he was like, "Yeah, I saw that, and I went to see this, and I saw that." And you're just going, "Shit, this guy, this guy doesn't just like them. He watches it. Just re- he watched so much, and he's talking about um, directors, directors and actors that influenced him. But he's not just saying, "Oh." I didn't saw him in this. It's, he, he was going into complete detail, and it was like, do you know what? The way I always judge it is, would that person, could I sit with that person for four hours and yeah. chat about one fucking movie? And I reckon I fucking could. Yeah, yeah, no, quite. I mean, it, it, it's like on this podcast, it's like every week he interviews like an actor or director or whatever, and um, they do like a couple of minutes. It's almost like B-roll or something, where it's like before they actually start like the main interview, they're just kind of chatting. And it's like it's pretty. It's like li- little insightful things into what these people say, like 
outside of the usual just interview circuit, like Christian Bale just talking to uh, the Chris Tapley about um, the uh, like LA wildfires and stuff like stuff like that, just random little things. And Daniel Kaluuya and him are talking about Sundance, and he like Chris Tapley saying, uh, "You know, I saw a Hereditary," and Daniel Kaluuya's like, "Oh, that's yes, the A twenty four one, isn't it?" And it's just like the fact that this actor knew which distributor it was that they, mm. it, yes it was the call distributor but those putting it out and like saying oh did you see x and he's like oh no i didn't have time to go see that and yeah i know him asking chris tapley the variety guy did you see x and chris tapley saying oh, i didn't have time to see it it's like oh that's a shame i'm really looking forward to that stuff like that you know it was just like cool yeah and like you say i mean if it's a job then you know, fine, but shit, man, I work in the pensions industry, and during my working hours, I'm pretty fucking passionate about my job, you know, and it's not like, you know, it, I, I don't know, it's like, if you're doing, if you, I don't know, if you're doing a job and people are fucking paying you a fair wage and treating you right, I think having a little bit of, like, passion for the work, it, whatever the industry is good, so when you got Eisenberg or a footballer saying, oh, I'm just good at this, it's like, fuck off. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit like that, you know. I was, I was very, very good at football, and I had my knees fucking turned round the wrong fucking way. Mm. And it's like, don't be wrong, I wouldn't have been a a, a Premier League footballer. I'm not pretending that I, that I would have been, but I probably would have made a living out of it. Um, and it's just like that little split second of a thing just fucking completely takes that away from you, and then you go, all right. And it's just like you know that. It could happen to anybody. It could happen to any player. For instance, Stephen Gerrard nearly had his tour move when mm. he was um, 13 years old because he was uh, kicking a football out of a bush and uh, there happened to be an old um, garden fork in there. Fuck. And it stuck, it stuck into his big toe, his oh, right foot. Um, and in the ambulance, they took him to the to the hospital in, in the ambulance and somebody called um, somebody from the club who went to meet him at the hospital and they said, right, we're amputating it. And the, the guy from the club literally came in and went, you are fucking not amputating <laughs> that toe. Yeah. You are not. Right, work out another way around this. And it, they've said literally, had he got there an hour later, uh, or even like half an hour later, they said, we'd have probably already started the procedure to amputate his toe. Jesus. But at that point, they were saying, no, don't. Let's work out another way to do it and sit down and go through it. And they said, and you know, he said, the guy is what he said, you know, he said, it wasn't a, the NHS weren't making a mistake. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is at a time that was the best thing to do. But then they went, no, you need to, we need to look at a different way around this. It might be uncomfortable for Stephen, but trust me, he needs that fucking toe. <laughs> wow! And you think about that—that—that that, that split second there—that could have been—that could have been it. And how many different people's lives are different? Mm. Mm. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, but yeah, no, there's not, not not a lot else happening in the world. Has had a, a, a more pressing things to to worry about this week. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, quite. Um... I don't think I've seen any trailers. Uh, I've, I've seen a couple. Okay. Uh, let me just have a have a wee little look. Oh, I, I, I hadn't seen it last time, but I, I watched um, the trailer for Quiet Place. Uh, what do you think of that? I'm very much looking forward to it. It was really, really interesting. Oh, uh, I know we, we, we spoke about it last week on the podcast uh, because you mentioned that it was uh, John Krasinski and uh, Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt mm. uh, doing a, 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 a what looks like a straight-up genre horror thrillery piece, which yeah. is really fucking interesting but it's like you say it's high concept 
and it's high concept from two people you wouldn't normally put within those that sphere makes you go all right there's there's clearly something there there's, that's that's not just a a generic melodrama directed by a first time director that's been an actor beforehand and i quite sorry i i, I was just um that's so, so, so there's definitely yeah. there's definitely something uh there um uh, the Forgiven, the new Roland Joffe film uh, with uh, Eric Banner and Forrest Whitaker in it. Um, okay, all right. How's that looking? I, 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 he did the remake of Brighton Rock, which was a bit shit, didn't he? Yeah, it was a bit yeah, shit actually. Yeah. That wasn't it? God, yeah. I got given that on Blu-ray and never watched it. Mm. Um, no, no. Do you know what? I didn't get given that on Blu-ray. I bought that from Blockbuster. And Blockbuster closed down for a quid. Nice on Blu-ray. I don't think I paid a quid. I paid like eighty p. That's the way. Um, yeah, no, it looks looks interesting. It's uh, okay. it's set in South Africa um, post-apartheid. Uh, Eric Banner plays a psychopathic criminal who they're uh, trying to extract information out of. It looks looks quite interesting. Um, what else? I've not watched that many, but there's been a couple. Um, yeah, the Quiet Place, which I just mentioned, and uh, Kings, uh, the Halberry and Daniel Craig movie set in LA in the early nineties, just after the uh, Rodney mm. King beatings. Uh, yeah, this this was one where it was a little bit like, if this is actually any good, it will pick up a distributor and be released in the Oscar season that we're currently going it through. So because mm. it looks seem... the, the trailer looks fucking great. Okay, all right. The trailer. I, I, I was a bit like when it first starts. Um, Bex went mm, Halberry, and I was like, "You leave Halberry alone. Mm. She's 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 like an African American Ashley Judd. You leave her alone." Um, and so <laughs> we need to do an Ashley Judd marathon. I will happily marathon Ashley Judd. <laughs> um, you, yeah, you, you fucking program that shit, and I why not? Will. All right, yep. okay. Oh, are, you, are we going to go on a journey? Are we going to go on a journey with the Juddathon? <laughs> All right, we'll do a, we'll do the Juddathon. Go on. Yes. <laughs> nice. Um, okay. I'll send you details. Uh, there's some <laughs> fucking quality watching there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it looks really good actually. It, it's the, the trailer sort of starts off and it looks a little bit, um, a little bit all over the place. But then once it starts to focus itself, uh, it, it looks like it could be quite, quite something to, quite something to watch. But then again, is it, is it just going to be a tight trailer where the movie actually gets too scattered and doesn't quite tries to say? Sometimes these movies can try and say too much at once and end up not saying the right things or not saying things in the right way or things like that. It, uh, it's a touchy subject, um, but I'm, it, it's the trailer's definitely done what they're supposed to do and it's made me go, yeah, I want to watch that. Good stuff. Okay, that sounds good. Cool. Right. Uh, shall we get into some films, some like yeah. films that we've watched and we can review? Mm. Uh, shall we get into The Shape of Water? Because mm. it's been like eight years since you watched it. Mm. <laughs> I watched uh, I watched that film before February started. Yes, and been February three ends weeks. next week. Fuck. Yeah. Right. Um, so, Ian, <laughs> uh, can you remember? It's a Guillermo del Toro movie. Uh-huh. It's it's not Hellboy, and mm-hmm. it's not Pan's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's 
Glenn Del Toro, um, stars Cy Hawkins, Michael Shannon, Richard Jenkins, Michael Stubag, Octavia Spencer. And did you know? Did you know? Mm. Because nobody fucking seems to mention it. Mm. It also stars Doug Jones. Mm. And you noticed that. And, and mm. can I just raise something quite just before we get into the actual film, and I'll go into the uh, brief synopsis of the film. Um, so quite rightly so, uh, many people have started bringing up the idea of um, Andy Serkis and other actors mm. starting to be considered for awards for motion capture. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 think, I, I think we'd both agree Serkis' performance as Caesar over the uh, three... Planet of the Apes, uh, Apes movies has been quite something. It's been a brilliant performance, and it's yeah. very much an acting performance there, yeah. right? And that's that's motion capture. So it's in it, 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 the, the motion capture has come along in incredible um, leaps since the Lord of the Rings movies to where we are now, and it was already very uh, intricate then. Yeah. Doug Jones is in a suit. He's in a suit. Mm. that is an acting performance now do you think I'm going on basically the physicality of Doug Jones because that's what it is it's a physicality performance mm. um, let's say somebody let's say that that's not Doug Jones in that suit let's say it's Benedict Cumberbatch I'm talking similar physicality not exactly but similar in terms of stature etc mm. do you think people will be talking about it more well yeah that's it. It's that, isn't it? It's just because it's Doug Jones, he's mm. got a recognisable face, etc., mm-hmm. and everything like that. But we'll get more into the actual film. So, it's set... When is it set? 62. Yeah, uh, it was like... The Cold yeah, War. Yeah. And, and you've got Octavia Spencer and Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins is mute from birth. I'm pretty sure it's mentioned within the film. She's mute from birth, but she's clearly intelligent, mm-hmm. uh, and she communicates by sign language. Uh, she lives next to Next door to Richard Jenkins, who is a artist of some description, but not. He's a commercial artist rather than a arty artist, we'll say. Um, mm. Sally Hawkins and Octavia Spencer work at a facility, and very early in the film, the merman, amphibian man, played by Doug Jones, is brought into the facility by Michael Shannon and Michael Stolberg. Michael Shannon is the, essentially, captor and the enforcer of this. Mm-hmm. And Michael Stolberg is the doctor that is there to research and actually learn from him we'll go more into the interests of that and remember guys we are all spoilers all of the time mm. um so this it, it was kind of strange so i remember when we reviewed the trailer for this we kind of said this is weird it's just kind of arrived and there's a new Guillermo del Toro movie and it's out fairly soon and nobody's fucking talking about it and then we fast forward four months and every fucking body is talking about it Ian, what did you think of Shape of Water? Uh, yeah, I loved it, and I think it will probably be my film of the year at the end of the year. Um, I the 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 style of it had me from the very start. Um, I I mean, yes, it is basically quite. I mean, I, it's most base thing. It is a. A, 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 a woman who really needs a shag and the merman provides it you will believe a merman can fuck um, and 
it's I think it's beautiful. It's it's about a like a gang of outsiders coming together to help two outsiders find love with each other. Um you know, the 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 gay artist, the the black cleaner, um, who in another time would both have much different lives you you feel like mm. um coming together with the mute woman who in another time would have a different life um to help her fuck a merman and be with the merman and yes there, there, there is you know there is that kind of like base carnal thing there but i think there is something more beautiful there where they do have a connection um I think Michael Shannon is a fantastic, just weird, creepy, left of centre bad guy, but a bad guy who has been formed by his socialisation. He's not just evil, it's he's been brought up in such a way that certain pressures are placed on him. Um but he want it's like he wants to be the outsider, but he can't but he can't do it almost just because of the way he's been brought up and like the way he has sex is weird, you know, and it, it, you know, it, 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 it's, it, it's an in-depth, I don't know, but this film was made for $19 million, which kind of staggers me. I think it's gorgeous. I think shit in hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, <sighs> It annoys me that people are like, I, I don't know, it does, I'm sorry, it annoys me that people are saying Get Out should win Best Picture. Like, this is pure cinema. And it's a weird mix of both traditional Oscar-y stuff and a woman's fucking a merman genre stuff. Um, but I am, I, I flipped for it. I think it's Del Toro's best, like out of everything, even Spanish language. Out of everything, yeah. Um, I like it's. I think it's a guy working at the top of his craft. Everybody involved in it are working at the top of their craft. I don't. I don't think. I don't know how they couldn't be for that budget, frankly. And I. I yeah. I found it incredibly moving. And yeah, I pray that you at least liked it. I'll tell you what, I didn't expect um, to, for the film to open with um, Sally Hawkins jerking off in the bath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't expect that, um, really, <laughs> quite, mm. quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's, it, 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 it was captivating. I thought it was lovely. Cool. I thought it was a really um, a, a, a really beautiful film uh, in terms of the sheer... It's, Something that, that that you often reference in in movies um, that makes that, that has over the years we've been doing the podcast has really made me start to take notice of of it more. Uh, it's something that I noticed before, but now I really actually I look for it and start to notice it in the sense that this the world feels lived in. Everything looks like it's been there. Mm-hmm. Like there's a if there's a a panel on the wall. It doesn't look like that panel was put there four hours before and painted two hours before by a props team and by the art direction team and everything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's been there for years. 
and it's been banged into by brooms and it's 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 been opened and it's had to be used and it's it, it's got a little bit of wear on it and everything like that. It, it looks like that. The art direction of this movie is, is quite something. I think mm. it's. But then again, you, you kind of expect that with Del Toro. He is um, he he fills the fucking frame of every single. Um, shots within his movies things are there for a reason if there's a uh there's a phone off the hook in the back shot of something you get the idea that that phone isn't off the hook for no reason del toro's sat there and gone can we put that phone off the hook why i just want it off the hook mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know why i just do can we oh there's, there's a kitchen scene oh can we have a we've got a blue plate there can we put a green plate there he seems like he's that's what he does. It's a man who who loves what he's doing and wants to show everything. Um, there's a craft there. It's not, right, cut, shoot, fuck, done, let's move on. It's, right, I want to get this perfect so that my actors, I'm not going to be pissing my actors off by going, can we just do this? Can we just do this? He's he's there for the fucking long haul. Uh, and that's what this movie is. It, it's just, I didn't expect it to be as funny as it was. It is properly laugh out funny. loud funny. Yeah, it is, and it's it's it, it's it's charming, and there's there's so much um, there's so much going on um, mm. within it, and I, a mild criticism of it, of it I have is that there's there's a lot going on, there's a lot going on, and I just think that I wouldn't have minded, uh, and maybe this is budget constraints or just tightness constraints or anything like that. I wouldn't have minded having another 20, 25 minutes. We don't often say that about movies on on the, the podcast. We often mm. say they're too long. But I could quite easily have spent another half an hour within this world um, just exploring a little bit more, uh, getting a little bit more padding of the characters. There's just some bits where they, people say something like, oh, I want to know why, why, why that's happened. I want to know that. I want to know that story. And I suppose that's creates the interest within it and it creates the the intrigue within it um for that but yeah i i i was really quite taken by it i think it's it's a very it's <coughs> i was worried i'll be honest not that yeah. it wasn't really good because it's game Guillermo del toro and I, I i've not found a movie of his that i've not really got on with the exception of crimson peak which i think i need to give a rewatch to i um, would i would say yeah you've only watched it the once haven't you i've only watched it the once yeah, 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 I, yeah i think i went it. in with it maybe a little bit expectations too high I, I, and expected nine and i got seven but because i expected Nine, it actually went I watched it again. I go, Do you know what? I got more out of it that time. I, I believe Del Toro when he says that he made that as a gothic romance and they marketed it like a horror film. I actually, I do, I do believe him. I've said in the past that come on now, Crimson Peak is a horror film. It, it does have its scary stuff, but it was the marketing I genuinely think that made me go into that film with an expectation of it being something that it wasn't and that I, I do believe that clouded my judgment on it mm. um, yeah. I, I, I think with this I think um, acting wise like you said everyone's on top of the game um, Sally Hawkins is fantastic mm-hmm. um, Sally Hawkins the thing is with it you can say what I'm about Sally Hawkins about everybody in this film is Sally Hawkins is fantastic in it but that's Sally Hawkins she's fantastic in everything Michael Shannon is fantastic but Michael Shannon is fantastic in everything. And it is, when Shannon does this type of role, it's not cardboard cutout. It's not just generic stock Michael Shannon does 
you know, that role. Because he's done roles like this before. You know, Revolution Road was very similar to this. Mm. Uh, his role in... Eight Mile, uh, very similar. Boardwalk Empire, so, similar to this. Yeah. Yeah, Eight Mile, you know, he, he can do that. If you want somebody who can be terrifying just as a physical force presence, mm. Michael Shannon is very good at that. But there's differences between them all. He's not. He's not just... It's not a stock character. There's little subtleties to him within this. And there's a character there. There's a an ego and an eccentricity. And the thing about his character, like you were saying, is he's just a prick. He's just a prick. Mm. But even pricks can have moments where they're not pricks. I don't know, he has some pretty fucking pricky moments. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he does. And I think that overall, I think he's he's a prick. But I, I, there's, there's, there's clearly a person there who occasionally isn't a prick. He's maybe not that much of a prick to his kids. He's maybe quite nice to his kids. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, he's just a prick. Richard Jenkins is clearly carrying a lot of fucking baggage within this movie. Stolberg... I, I like the fact that he doesn't just go generic uh, Mother Russia. He's very much like, look, I, I, yes, I'm a patriot, but I also, more than that, I'm a scientist. I want to study this. I thought his, the, the breakout scene, I thought his performance within that breakout scene was fantastic. Yeah. The fact that he just goes straight away, just goes, right, I'm going to help you straight away it's mm. just there's no he doesn't have to think about it there's nothing like that it's just right i don't want i don't know i don't know why you're doing it but what you're doing gets me what i think should happen so let's do it yeah yeah no i mean that's it's that that element of the plot is interesting because it does cut at first it does kind of feel like all right fine there's a russian interloper in there and okay it um, feels a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then that's the thing. There are the shade, the the, the shades of grey. There, it's like he is in it for that, like the science. And but he's in it for Russia. Then he's in it for the science. Then he's in it for his own like moral compass. It, yeah, it's, and, and like, the fact that he's the fact that he's tired of all of the. Um, bureaucratic fucking bumwiffery of all of the meetings and shit like that the fact that he's so clearly just pissed off with that mm. is quite charming yeah absolutely no he's 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 fantastic and i mean i think the score is lovely the the, the fucking imagery in this film is just like when they they, they flood the room and the water coming down into the cinema um and ah, uh, it it it's just. I mean, you know, there was that whole thing about Jean Pierre Genet saying when he's ripped off Delicatessen, and it's like he, yeah. uh, the cinematography is very Jean Pierre Genet in that time. Well, it, it, it's but... quite interesting in the fact that that when the trailer, when the, I first put the trailer on, um, Bex Misprit said a new film by Guillermo del and came in like. 10, 15 seconds into it and went, is this, is this a Janeiro film? I was like, no, it's Del Toro. And she went, oh. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just, it does, it does have that, it does have that look, but to say, oh, he's ripped me off. And it's like, well, no. They, no. 
you know, the production design is different. The colours are similar, uh, you know, but the the set dressing is different. It's it's a different world. It's a different setting. I mean, fuck, man, the story is nothing like a Genet film, and you know, it's I yeah I I I. I yeah, it feels I, it, it feels it, it feels like a Del Toro movie. It doesn't feel like a Genet movie. There's not yes. Uh, the, the best way I can describe it is, and I don't mind Genet movies, and I've, I've watched pretty much all of them. And the interesting thing is, um, I think didn't Dan Lauston do the cinematography on Micmac? No, he didn't. Did he? No, he didn't. I don't think he did. No, uh, he didn't actually. Anyway, sorry about that. I, I'm getting confused. With no, sure. um, but yeah, it, but it it didn't have that plinkety plonkety playfulness that I've always found um, that Micmac had. That 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 the films have, have where they're very they're very French. This yeah. doesn't feel like that. This feels like a, you feel like you're watching a Del Toro movie. Yeah, I mean, it feels non-American and it feels yeah. like it's got European influences. But it, yeah, I mean, it's this. The look of this film feels like the look of the guy who did Blade Two. Frankly, I mean, I remember seeing Blade Two back in the day and thinking like, there's some interesting shit going on with like the colours in mm. this film yeah. um and and, and it, i think you can trace its roots i mean this looks like the same guy who did hellboy 2 the golden army yes um, it, it very much does look like hellboy 2 yeah so you know it, it just as but know. it also looks like it did you know what it what's what else it looks like it looks like it was by the same guy who did chronos and the same yeah. guy who did pan's labyrinth yeah it looks like a, it looks like a del toro film He's an altruistic filmmaker. I think I said about it when we spoke when we watched uh, Phantom Thread, and I said, mm. you know, what was amazing was the fact that within that first shot, I was there going, "All right, yeah, I'm watching a Paul Thomas Anderson movie." There's just certain directors where you go, "There's that Fincher." Mm. Just on a thirty second clip of a movie, and they're going to go, "Oh, is that a Fincher movie?" Yeah, there's there's just a feeling behind them oh, that they when's have. When's Fincher going to make another fucking film? Sorry. Oh, fucking, I know, I know. I wake up thinking that every morning, mm. um, but yeah, but it does. It, it has that, and I, I can absolutely see, you know, why. Especially if, if you've it, 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 you were as taken by it as as you are, you kind of want to defend it and, and say, no, fuck you. Hang on a minute, no, right, no. Don't try and make yourself relevant again because nobody ever asks. Oh, I wonder when Janae's going to make a new movie. Yeah, quite. It uh, it it does feel like that. Um, it, it it does. It, it it's it's somebody's created something um, better than what I can create, mm. and I, I I want to try and latch my name onto it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I, it's upsetting. I, the thing is, I think this is going to be the film that Del Toro wins an Oscar for, and like I. I think he's winning Best Director. I'm very up in the air about whether this wins Best Picture. Um, I just, I just don't think it's going to, based on the fact that it's a preferential ballot. Yeah, that that that's exact. That's exactly. I think it. there'll be people. Who, I, I I could see a few having it at one and a few having it at two and three, but I could also see a few having it. At there's seven gonna be, and eight. There's going to be a lot of people who have it at seven, eight, nine. There are. That, that's. I don't think anyone has a bit at nine. I think anyone that have this at this that would have this at nine will actually put something else at nine. The thing is, if they, if you're a steak eater, which is what a lot of, 
Okay, slight tangent. Listening to a podcast I listened to, Little Gold Men, uh, which again is actually a variety podcast. Yeah. Um, and they had a guy on this week who basically scientifically analyzes this stuff based on the preferential ballot uh, balancing and whatnot. And he's been very, very good at predicting the best picture winner over the last few years. And he's basically said that the the winner of the Oscar will be for the best picture will be the one that has the least between five and nine, I think he mm. said. Yeah, no, no, that's just, that's just maths. Uh, yeah, so, and yeah, fair enough. So, And he was saying he thinks Dunkirk's going to do it. No, he won't. No, I don't think it will. Either. It was Dunkirk or... I think I think he said get out. Dunkirk right. will get out. Um, and because the, 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 the thing is, I, I, the stake I, I think... There's there's nothing as weird as the shape of water out of any of them. You know, you could maybe not not weird, but kind of arty, you could maybe argue Phantom Fred. Yeah. So you know But Phantom Thread has on its surface, um Phantom Thread, not actually if you actually watch it, but on its surface has a uh, a commanding powerful man. Yeah, 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 there you go. But So it's like, what is going to be... Because they say, apparently, it's like, literally, the the one that has the fewest votes at number one... Actually, just to kind of actually formalise this tangent, were, were we kind of done with Shape of Water? Because I kind of feel like we might have been for now. We, yeah, and I, I, definitely not shit. It's a fascinating piece of work. Can I ask you one quick question mm. though, on it that, that I'm very interested for somebody who, and I'm, I, I, I am very glad that you that you enjoyed it as much as you as you did mm. because I really, really enjoyed it. It sounds like it didn't quite get me as much as you, but I, mm. I think it is a very, it, I'd be, if it wins the Oscar, I'll be saying, do you know what? I'm very happy for that. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, it's, is it my favourite out of the best picture nominated films? Maybe. It might be. It really, it might be. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. Have you got any more uh, to watch? I've got, uh, coming by your name still to watch. Darkest Hour? Darkest Hour, yeah. you see seen um, Ladybird? Oh, you have seen Ladybird. Sorry, yes, you have. Um, yeah, Lady Bird, I'm seeing this weekend. That's my last one. So, yeah, we'll be, sorry. We're we'll reviewing that next week, won't yeah, we? With yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it, with, with that, uh, it, looking at it, saying, do you know what? It's probably the one I'd be happiest to win just because it would kind of, it would re-cement people saying about Del Toro, not about, well, he needs to make a hit. Yeah. What, what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? He needs to make a hit. Can we remember that Pacific Rim did make money, it just didn't make it in the US. Mm. Well, yen and yeah, and, and, and euros, uh, they still count. Mm. You know, Hollywood, Hollywood don't go, oh, we don't want that. No, 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 it's not dollars. It's not dollars, we don't want it. Fuck off. Mm. You know, it, it still fucking counts. Um, and it, 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 as well, it just feels like it's... It's a group of very, very talented people making a very, very good movie, and so is Three Billboards. Mm. But this movie wasn't made to win an Oscar. They didn't sit down to make this movie and go, we're making a movie to win an Oscar. The darkest hour they did. 
I don't care what people say. No, they, no, no, no. I, I've seen the darkest hour. I would agree with you. Yeah, the fucking I, scene, it, the I, scene I, I, on I the tube it. in the darkest it, hour is fucking Oscar. It, 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 it literally is. Fuck. It literally is. Um, the darkest hour. They sat down with Gary Oldman's agent. Sat down and gone. Right, Joe Wright wants you to play Winston. Sold. It gets my Oscar, and he knows. He literally knows from signing to do it that he's going to win an Oscar for it. Mm. There you go. Whereas this isn't. It is cinema. Like you said, it's cinema. Yeah. Yeah. All right. it, it, um, oh, fuck. I, I just, I don't know what I would rather have. I don't, there's nothing I'd rather have win best. The thing is, I want Del Toro to win best director. I'm almost not that bothered if it wins best picture because I know there's a good chance something else could win best picture and it's fine. I just, I want Del Toro to be up on that stage winning an award that is solely for him. Nobody, none of the other filmmakers that are there to collect a best director are going to are going to feel a little bit, huh, about it. All no. of them will be, do you know what? Yeah, congratulations. We're very, very happy for you. Yeah. Because I mean- he, he's, a, he's a filmmaker's filmmaker. Yeah, exactly. And I, I have a feel with Nolan... He he's more likely to be in that position again than Del Toro is, just because Del Toro is so much more genre-y. And I I, I genuinely don't think Nolan gives a shit. I think I don't I think I, I think I've said before. I think uh, he'd li- uh, he'd like to win one. I think he'd be very happy uh, to win one. I just I think that that if he wins one, he'll be very happy. But if Del Toro wins, he'd be like, do you know what? I really like Shift, but I'm really happy for him. I would suggest the amount of press and screenings that Nolan has been attending, he does give a shit. I think he gives a shit about the film. I don't think I don't I don't, I don't think that's it's a, like that's a burning a, that's thing. That's a point. I think, I think, I think he'd I like think the it film. though. Like I think, he, I think, I think yeah. he'd like it, but I think it's not like um it's not like when Will Smith was desperately trying to just take things that might get him an Oscar. No, no, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's picking projects he's thinking I'll get an Oscar for, but I think once he's on the on the trail, I think he works it. Mm. Well, uh, before we get into your, the, the point we're going to get mm, to, I'll just mm. quickly do it. Uh, Chip Water, definitely not shit, 77%. Mm. Touching Glass, 8%. And shit, 15%. All right, that's fine. How many votes? So, the end of it, do you think that, that, that uh, Elisa and um, Merman live happily ever after the same. Uh I think it might be a little bit Pan's Labyrinthy. I wonder if it's a fucking fantasy. I want to see it again, but I do wonder whether they you know what? both just fucking I'm, die. Like Richard Jenkins says, I'm happier to believe they do. Oh no, I'm happier to believe they do, but I do wonder. No, I, 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 I'm there for, there you go. Uh, it's just Pan's Labyrinth, man. She's fucking dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? So She's dead. She, I, 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 with this, with this, I'm, I'm willing to trade the kid's dead for she becomes a mer lady. Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, willing to trade that. Yeah, yeah. Go on, we can get back to the point. So, <laughs> no, that was good. I enjoyed that, and we'll talk about more about Shape of Water in um, Oscar Bation. So, mm. um, <coughs> I was gonna say, yeah. So basically, the. The first round of vote, like the voting counting, is basically who got the least number ones. Mm. So who's going to get the least number ones? The post or darkest hour? Darkest hour. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it, or maybe call me by your name is what this guy was saying. And it's like, yeah, all right, then fair enough. But I do think there's a lot of people who are pretty passionate for about call me by your name. Call me by your name, we'll get some ones. We'll get more number ones than the person that will get more number ones than the darkest hour. You would think so, wouldn't you? So yeah, I'd be very surprised. And and, and then it, it kind of it kind of starts going down from from there really. But then when the number one gets um gets taken away, then it becomes like, okay, well, move the number twos up from anyone who had that one as number one up to number one. So then it's like, all right, well, if the post or darkest hour get moved out, then Dunkirk is gonna be is gonna be moving up. So you're gonna have because the people who voted highly for Darkest Hour or the Post are probably gonna be voting highly for Dunkirk as well. Mm, yep. So then Dunkirk is kind of up there. So then it you know, it it then becomes the the, the four free twos kind of like shoving up into one and mm. then the people who had like get out or not not get out like call me by uh call me by your name say as number one or maybe even ladybird as number one or something a lot of other people have them down in the six seven eights or something so they're not quite rising up um and so that it's like the 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 placement order is almost a thing there Mm. And, and that gives it the argument that maybe because dunkirk might not have a lot of ones but it's probably gonna have a fuckload of two three fours I, but I, I, think, well, I, I think Dunkirk will have a lot of um, three fours and fives. I think the reason why three billboards is a better chance is it will have more one, two, threes. But Americans don't seem to like three billboards as much as we do. But filmmakers, actors, writers, directors, yeah, no, right. like all of the people that are involved. Ah, but Martin McDonough hasn't been nominated for Best Director. No, he hasn't, but he has been nominated for Best Writer, and I think he's seen more as a writer who happens to direct. But Screenplay has ten slots, Director mm-hmm. only has five, so how far up in the, in the, the, like, the Screenplay selection or out of the ten actually is he? Right. I'm going to throw out something that might sound controversial, but I'm going to put it out there, <laughs> right. right? Martin McDonough's Black, does he get nominated for Best Director over oh, Jordan Peele? Oh, shit. Well, I don't think we can I, I, answer I, that I, question, Mark. And I, I, I think but you, you, you know, and listeners should know me by now, where I'm coming from with that question. Hmm. Mm-hmm. In the time that we're in and everything like that, I'm not saying that Jordan Peele only got nominated is I think that Martin McDonough isn't seen as a director I think he's seen as a writer I think that there was a, a, a quite rightly so a push to nominate a person of colour and a female for director and therefore they decided to go for Jordan Peele and for uh, Greta Gerwig for that there and that pushed that meant that they were already it was shortening the amount of people that can be nominated and I think that part of that whether or not it's deserved or not, and I'm not saying it is or isn't, I think Mike McDonough, therefore, because he's seen more as a writer, which I think you could also claim is true, is is Get Out a better directed movie than Three Billboards. And I think you can argue that it, it's a, <laughs> with the way that the things like um, the Sunken Place goes and things like that, mm. there are more directorial flourishes within Get Out than there are in 
um, three billboards. It's quite a standardised directorial. He's quite a standard director. His strength is in his writing. And I think he handles, as a director, his writing better. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... If you are asking me, is Free Billboards a better directed film than Get Out? I would say yes. Just fair enough. Like, if that is the question, I would say yes. Um, yeah. So there you go. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Would I say Wonder Woman is a better directed film than Free Billboards? Maybe. I wouldn't. Mate, I don't know. I'm, I like. I don't. I, nah, fuck it. I don't think that. I don't think I'm right there. I, I, um, I, 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 I still don't think. I, I thought Wonder Woman was all right. I, I still, as a directorial film, I, I, I don't think it's that well directed. Uh, I just don't. Uh, I've tried with it a couple of times, and I just, I have too many issues with it. I think it's a well handled movie. Doesn't mean it's a well directed movie. Okay, fair enough. No, I mean, it, uh, it's, it, 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 who's it? it uh, what's the Ryan Coogler. Um, uh, handles a troubled third act a lot better than Pie Jenkins. That's true. Even though at least Wonder Woman, like as Norwood pointed out, which thinking on it is a fair point. At least Wonder Woman isn't Wonder Woman versus Wonder Woman in different armor. No, she's not. But it's a it's a horrible looking. No, no, don't get me wrong. The third act of Wonder Woman is not great. No, it's not. Like so, that's that's the thing that palpably takes that film down. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, shall we? Shall we move on? I'm going to get a drink. Yep. So I uh, shall be back in a second. What what time are you good till? By the way. Uh, I'm good till until about nine o'clock. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Back in a sec. Oh, fuck me. Sideways. Right. Okay. Um. Sorry about that. Right. Hello. Hello. Cool. Right. Uh, fire away, sir. Shall we do Magnolia? <laughs> Why not? Yep. Uh, right. So Magnolia. Uh, I said we we decided to do a, a retro review of a Paul Thomas Anderson film to coincide with uh, Phantom Thread. But then we ran out of time, either us to watch Magnolia. Uh, it's it fucking long. And, and, it, and, and Magnolia won the vote. Uh, we were both actually really, we, we spoke about this and said, you know, we were both really looking forward to rewatching Magnolia because it gave us an excuse to, or an impetus to kind of rewatch it because because it is so long. It, it's not one of those films that you can kind of pick up and go, oh, I fancy watching Magnolia this weekend because you've got a, you've got a essentially, you know, I, I usually start watching movies around half nine, ten o'clock at night, mm. but then I get up at seven in the morning. So I want to be finished. The reason why I start watching movies is most movies are around two hours to two and a bit hours long. And therefore, it takes me about midnight, which around when I go to bed. So watching Magnolia, it's like, well, I've got to finish work, pick up, get home, get dinner done, get all the other stuff I've got to get done. And I've got to be sat down by like half eight, nine o'clock, mm. which is difficult. Mm. Ian's got a child, so it's more difficult for him. I have a child, my child's older. 
it's more difficult for him to kind of get into the, the, the position where you can sit down and watch Magnolia for three hours. And also as well, I'm guessing you watched it in a couple of drops, did you? Uh, yeah, oh, shit, man. Yeah, I so I had to... Um, what did I do? I watched it three separate train journeys and then like about an hour and a half of it in a row. <laughs> Yeah, I, I watched all of it in a row last night, uh, but that, that, that was because I, I wanted—I could have watched it over a couple of nights, but I wanted to watch it all in one shebang, uh, mm. because it's been, it's been a while since I've watched it, um, and so I, I've been look, looking forward to giving it a rewatch. Um, so yeah, 1999, Paul Thomas Anderson's follow-up to Boogie Nights, where it, essentially it, it was quite a, look, this guy's hot shit, what's the fuck's he going to do next? Mm. And he gave us Magnolia, a three hours, eight minute epic, is what you'd say. You know, a cast of, what you got? You got Tom Cruise in there, Melinda Dillon, Philip Baker Hall, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Ricky Jay, William H. Macy, Julianne Moore, John C. Riley, and a, a lot of other kind of character actors, that guy from that thing, kind of style actors. Uh, Ian, Magnolia. What are your thoughts some um, 18, 19 years later? Yeah, okay. So, um, I, 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 I've, I'd only seen this the once before. And, Have you? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a long film. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it is a commitment. Um, I saw it in the cinema. Oh, God, Jesus, really? Wow. Yeah, I did, yeah. I went, I went to see on my own in the cinema. And then I remember the screen started at uh, after 10 o'clock. Oh, Christ. I think out to like half one day, two in the morning. DL. Um, yeah, I know. Oh, it reminds me of when I started a test print of Curse of, uh, Curse of Benjamin Button. That would be a film. Uh, the Curious <laughs> yeah, Case of... That again. Yeah, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Test, test screened it 11 o'clock at night and it was a winter release and the aircon in that screen was done. Okay, Lottie is shouting at me. Hang, okay, I think Don's trying to. Right, okay, fine. <laughs> that she's very excited to play Mario Kart. Um, yeah, so, very good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, fuck, what's I say? Is that, yeah, and like the aircon was like da- like broken, and it was fucking like we literally closed that screen because it was too cold in there. And it fuck, man, that was very, very, very cold. Second coldest I've ever been, I think, next to when we went to Copenhagen in February. Uh, that was... <laughs> oh, these, these return flights are only 50 quid. That's ridiculous. Oh, I, we found out why. Um, but anyway. Um, nah, I went to the Carlsberg Brewery. It was all right. Um, anyway, good brewery tour, actually. Um, what I've we heard t- that, we, actually. We were talking about Magnolia, weren't Magnolia, we? Magnolia, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, no, it's... Um, I... I really, I really like Magnolia. I don't think it's PTA's best. Um, it's the, the I, have an, I have an interesting thing to say on that. Okay, all right. I, I, I there is material in here which I think could cut things down a bit. I think that the revelations with Philip Baker Hall's character later on, like why his kid hates him, and. Um, just like then it kind of focuses on his wife for a bit. It does feel a bit like, all right, is this actually drama for drama's sake here? Is, is it not enough that he's fucking dying? But, you know, he's also 
maybe a child molester, but he can't remember. It is Philip Baker Hall, isn't it? I'm not going yeah. mad. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. Um, I get, I, for some reason, I was getting him and Jason Robards confused, and I don't know why. Um, so, th- th- you know, th- there's that. And I think that the, the, the TV show Kid as well, it's really focused on him for like the first two hours or so, and then he's barely in it for the last hour. Um, and uh, you know, so I, I, there may be a bit of pacing issues there, but I think it's ballsy as fucking shit. Like the everybody singing along to "Wise Up" because it's not like it's a well-known song or anything. Um, no. You know, it, it, I, it wasn't it an original composition for this? It was an original composition for this? Yeah, that, that's fucking. That is fucking crazy. And it, it's not like any man at the time was a huge star either. No, it just and the film just completely stops for like three or four minutes while these people sing this song, and it makes sense in the context of the film. They're all at, at a it similar does, point. It, it does. It, 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 it's 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 almost like an end of an act. Yeah, and and then the shit's about to fucking hit the fan. No, absolutely. And one of the things I noticed about this, kind of up until that point, actually, is how in it's basically a month. It's like individual montages where you've got things happening and music kind of building up in the background Mm. and up and up and up and up. And then there's like some sort of release and then it calms down and then the music builds up and up and up and up and then there's a release. And then that seems to end with the Amy Mann song. Um, And yeah, it's an insanely assured film. Like Boogie Nights is. I mean, like the the fucking the camera move with the um the camera going into the pool and whatnot. You know, it's like this fuck this guy knows what he's fucking doing. It's only his second mm. film, um, and then you've got Magnolia, which is just really ambitious and just kind of kind of insane in its scope, but it does generally work. I I, I it's a very 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 good film. There, there are PTA films I would place higher than it. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what you thought. Sorry, man. I thought that was. Forgive oh, me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, what? I, I, yeah. I, I'd agree with you. There are PTA has made better films than Magnolia, but I do think that as it stands, Magnolia is like his fucking opus. It's it's not his best film, but it's it's his most it's not even his most accomplished movie. But it's the movie and I think he's very much directed that that he doesn't work to any parameters. He either gets his own way or he doesn't fucking bother. Um there's no would would you mind doing that? Yeah, I would. I'm not gonna do that. Oh well, then you can't. We can't really do this. Okay, then we won't do it. Simple as that. I won't make it. We can't. He will only make the movie he wants to make. Um, and I think that Magnolia is him at the at the at peak creativity. Not even the height of his creativity, but peak creativity and confidence, and has just gone boom. Mm. You know, you thought fucking Boogie Nights was big fucking have this yeah bang i think and he's, he's commented on himself now he you know he mentioned that he re that he re-watched it uh some years later 
uh, I think it was only a couple of years ago when uh, I think when Herent Vice came out. I thought I saw an interview with him, or read an interview, or listened to a podcast, maybe Brett Easton Ellis, um, where he, he said that he watched a cut of Magnolia um, in a cinema. He'd gone to see it, he'd noticed it was playing, and he'd walked by and gone to see it. And so he was watching it, just going, "Oh my god, why didn't I cut that? Why did it, why is that in the fucking movie?" And said, "You know, it, I'm never going to do it, but if I was to recut it." I'd maybe shave 20 minutes out of it mm. quite easily. He said, it's, he said, it is fucking horrifically long. is what he said. Wow. Okay. Uh, it, uh, on it. And he said, you know, I'd maybe shave 20 minutes, half an hour and it'd still be a really long movie, but it'd be a more polished movie and it'd be a, it, it, it'd be, it'd work better and it's fine. But that's now. At the time, it made sense. It was like, look, we're giving you, you know, the new. This is this is the new hot shit director. Mm. You know, not the hot shit um, pop culture director that you had with with Tarantino. This is the hot shit fucking auteur director. Mm. This is this is this is your new Altman. Yeah. Yeah, having. yeah, and and that's 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 what we got, and it is him at his most Altman. It's like he was fucking, like he just had just on the background. What isn't even watching it, but on the background, shortcuts was playing just in the background on a fucking TV as he's writing this, uh, and that's what's going on. And it, there's just so much going on. Like you say, there's these crescendos that happen, and then bah, they thunder down uh, to it. it it's it's such a, it's so fucking cocky, but it's not cocksure. It's just, look, I'm really fucking good. Mm. I know I'm really fucking good, but I'm not going to be a prick about it. But I'm just going to, I'm just going to enjoy being really fucking good at being a filmmaker in the way that Scorsese does. Yeah. In the way that Scorsese will do something and some might go, I'm not sure about that, Marty. How does it make sense? And he, he will literally go, sorry, does it, does, are you directing this or am I directing this? It doesn't need to make sense to you. It makes sense to me. And then when it goes into the editing and it goes into the cut and it gets in the movie, everyone goes, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why you're the director and I'm not. <laughs> and yeah. that's what Paul Thomas Anderson is. Yeah. It's, the whole thing feels like one melod- melodrama set piece. Yeah, for three hours. Yeah, <laughs> for three fucking hours, and it's that's 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 what it is. It's it, it's fantastic performances. I, it's I love the opening. The Ricky J is perfect. Oh yeah, that Ricky J's voice is doing that opening to this movie. And I remember I remember going to see it in the cinema and sitting down. Uh, and I was on my own. Wasn't I think it was maybe there was maybe one other person on the screen, or I might have been on my own. And I remember sitting down, and I had, um, and I had a small box thing of popcorn. Back when a small thing of popcorn was actually small in, in 1999. Yeah. Um, and I had that, and I had a small coke, which was still fucking huge. Uh, and I went right, here we go, because nobody had come to watch Magnolia with me. Mm. <laughs> What fucking Saturday night and it's fucking three hours long. What's it about? Well, it's about fuck off. No, <laughs> um, so sat down, watched it, and I think 
I think some of my friends went to see something else around the same time that wasn't Magnolia. Um, Bex won't come to see it with me. I remember it opened and I went, yeah, I've made the right decision. I've made the right decision. This is going to be fucking brilliant. Um, and, and yeah, loved it. Um, going back and watching it near 20 years later, and I, I do think that Cruz is incredible in it. I think it's a fantastic performance from, from Tom Cruise. He's so... He's... It's it's cockiness personified. And it's a role that, that you can look at and go... It's so it, it, it's it's so made for Tom Cruise to do that role at that time. It, yes, it's it's that confident, cocky, something broken on the inside thing that you kind of wish Cruise did more often. Yeah. Like it just because he does take roles where he is just hot shit. Yeah, you know, and, and every now and then he, he kind of does other roles. But even like American Made, it's like his character is kind of just like really cool. And even when he's going in the doldrums, he's still really cool. Mm. And you know, it's fine because he's Tom Cruise. But it, it's you know, I actually I actually rewatched American Made this week. Oh yeah, which you mean? yeah, it fucking holds up. Mm. Really hold. I really, I, I really, I enjoyed it as much on a rewatch as I did on the first watch. I like that film, and I'm looking forward to a rewatch. But it is kind of light and breezy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, 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 it's. I mean, it's a comedy. There's nothing away from it. American Made is a comedy that happens yeah. to have occasional moments of peril. Uh, yeah, there you go. So, occasional moments of peril would be good BBFC guidelines for that film. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in the way that the open, oh, sorry, excuse me, sorry. The his openings, you know, respect the clock, tame the cunt, versus him, like red eyed and crying over Jason mm. Robards. You know, I mean, like the fact that he goes from that one, the one place to the other in that space of time, is a hell of a thing. And that transformation in that interview with that. With that reporter, oh, well, he, he, he goes, yeah, and he, he goes silent um, on her, and, he, they, they, and I'm judging I, you. Yeah, yeah it, 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 I, I oh. think the the great speech that he gives in that is the bit where after the interview's over and he gets up and he basically says, "I told you I'd give you my time, and I gave you my time." Yeah, and he's so he's angry. That she's that that she's found out, yeah, and that 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 she's had the audacity to to do that, and it's the moment where he leans in on her and she reacts. At that moment, it's he's surprised. It's it's to him, it's I've lost control, and his whole thing is about control, and it's the fuck. I know why I've lost control. It's because. The father is the fucking touch paper for him. Mm. It's the it's it, it, it it's that. And then when he gets there, the brilliant line here is it's, it's a line that's always stuck with me is, "Bill, if those dogs come near me, I will fucking drop kick yeah, them." Yeah, and the yeah. fact and that the, he, he, the fact that he kicks out at one of them, he doesn't kick it. Yeah, but he does kick out at one of them when yeah. he's walking in. He's brilliant because 
the movie Magnolia does have moments of just funny levity. You don't need braces, Donnie. <laughs> Teeth are fine, Donnie. You don't need braces. Yeah. It's yeah, but yeah, and then a minute later, you've got you've got him breaking, completely breaking, but with it's breaking with rage. Oh yeah. It, it, it's 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 he's got so angry mm. at everything at everything that he's just he's completely just broken and all he can do is just tense. He's not screaming at him, he's not it's not an overdramatic moment, it's just tension. He just he doesn't know what to do, he can't control anything. And for a man who writes a book about controlling everything, it, it's it's that fucking. That's a great point. It's it, it's the broken. It's he's been so brought down and so brought back because he hates him, but he's grieving for him. He's angry because it's what happened to his mother, and he's saying to him, "You fucking deserve this." But he also doesn't want it to doesn't want him to be in the pain. There's a, a every chink in his armor. He's being exposed. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's performance in the background of that is, is quite something as well. But you mm. get the feeling that that's not a performance. He's just a little bit like, fuck, Cruz is taking this somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just going to fucking... I'm just going to stand and watch because this is... <laughs> fuck, this is good. And it's, it's not something that you kind of almost expect from Cruz. He's a movie star. Even that... Absolutely, and speaking of Seymour Hoffman as well, I love that scene where he's on the phone and ordering those magazines. Yeah, and he's still (laughs) on the the, the peanut butter and the bread, and he's like, "Um, "Yeah, (laughs) yeah." No, it's just the fact that he's like, and Playboy, and have you got a hustler? Yeah, no, no, we got a hustler. Oh, and it's almost like he's really interested in the fact that they stock all these magazines. It's like he's not going to check it or anything. It's like. Oh, well, that's a pleasant surprise. All right. Well, great. You know, it's just... You get the feeling like that character never bought a ball back <laughs> in his life. That reminded me of the first time I bought FHM. And I... Oh, man, I remember. It was that... what Their annual 100 Sexiest Girls in the World thing. And it was Cat <laughs> yep. Dealey on the cover. And, like... <laughs> I, fucking, I remember the one, yeah. Oh, it was, like, silver and whatnot, man. And, like, fucking went over to the petrol station across the road from my house and I just felt so like, are they actually going to let me buy this? <laughs> you know, it's just like so nervous about it. And then, <laughs> oh shit, man. No, I remember because like the following, and like that weekend, I think it was, there was an England-Brazil friendly at Wembley yeah. and um, my school went and I had that magazine with me and like it was just all like, like a group of like, like seven or eight of us just fucking passing around the magazine and looking at the girls. Like, it was fucking... Like, like I, I will remember that until the day I die. But just, like, fucking that... Just that cover, man. Like, Cat Dealey. My word, that... Yeah. Was she sat on a chair? I think you might be right. Backwards to a chair, I yeah. Think, yeah, fuck, man. Yeah, you're right. She, oh, what a fucking cover. And she kind of like had her top slightly undone. There was a little bit of boob. And... Yeah, I, 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 I remember I remember a quote from the interview in that. Oh, go on. Uh, it's not actually... The, the cover for the one you're thinking of is... Uh, the cover that I was thinking of was for Sky magazine. Uh, this is... Cat Neely one is her in her pants, essentially. 
I bet she, it, it, one of the quotes things that they pull out, and obviously every interview, never quote thing pulled out that's in Big What Is It, where she says that she likes uh, the idea that um, boys jerk off of the pictures of her. <laughs> well, I did. Oh, 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 shit. No, I just found it. Yeah, she, no, that's totally. Shit, I thought that was. No, hang on. No, that was the one, but it wasn't the 100 Sexiest Women. All right, fair enough. When was it then? Oh, when was that? Let's make me feel old. Oh, it's too low res for me to see the date on the thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, to uh, black bikini and kind yeah. of hand on pants. Interesting. Anyway, and oh, the fucking the other sections in this. You complete me, darling. How women spot a tosser? Yeah, cut out that. <laughs> Cut out the quack. Diagnose your illness and treat it. God stole our caravan when the weather <laughs> turns really nasty. That plus autopsy art, zoom cameras, surf pants, and Natalie Imbruglia. Autopsy art was that was that fucking we that used to uh, embalm dead bodies. That's now I think in prison. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, anyway, yeah. wasn't he? Wasn't he the artist that was featured in Casino Royale? Oh shit! Bodyworks, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, yep, 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 yep. That the autopsy art thing. That was an article about him. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> back in that was a weird tangent. That was a tangent, but yeah, I <laughs> fucking I fucking chatted it to Cat Dealy. <laughs> in that magazine quite a few I'm I'm glad that she's happy with that anyway yep. Magnolia it's definitely not shit oh, it's definitely not shit it's it, 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 it's I was I'm glad that I rewatched it because it, it made me go do you know what this is a fucking it, it, it's a force movie and then to have like I say the confidence to go yeah frogs are going to fall from the sky mm-hmm. so what do you say Paul yeah frogs are going to fall from the sky Sounds like you're saying frogs are going to fall from the sky. Mm. Yep. Okay. Why? Why not? Mm. Okay. Cool. Are you sure? Do you remember Boogie Nights? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, frogs are going to fall from the sky. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and I, I love the fact that, that Paul Thomas Anderson, I don't think has ever made a movie that has actually made money. <laughs> I would not be surprised, actually, yeah. Yep. Yet, he will never go more than four or five years without directing a film. No, no. Unless quite. he actively wants to. Mm. But I would say, yeah, I would say that, 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 that none of his movies have actually made money. Well, oh, right, weirdly, okay, on his Wikipedia page, Hard Eight... Mm-hmm. Oh, these are just US figures. There will be blood did. That will have made money. Yeah, no, well, uh, that makes sense, actually. And Boogie will have done, but Magnolia didn't. Punch Drunk Love didn't. The Master didn't, did it? Um, Inherent Vice definitely didn't. Uh, and Phantom Thread, I don't think has yet. No, Phantom Thread has not made money. Hmm. <laughs> mm. No, well, yeah. it might, though. It might. It won't. No, fair enough. It won't. 
it's made so far off a 35 million budget it's made less than 30 million that's fucking brutal but you know what it's Megan Ellison is going to give every few years Paul Thomas Anderson between 30 and 60 million to make a movie and that's what all he needs to make a movie he doesn't need 200 million or 150 million or whatever and people will go do you know what I will work for fucking scale. I will mm. work for the $66,000 minimum that I can work for just to work with Paul Thomas Anderson. I'll tell you what as well. Phantom Fred, it's got a 4K Blu-ray pre-order, which means 4K on iTunes, I reckon. Mm. It's universal. It's going to be 4K. It's going to be a 4K DI because it's shot on film. It's going to look fucking, fucking amazing. Fantastic. But yeah, uh, yeah, so Magnolia, it is, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely not shit. It is... It is still absolutely fantastic, and it is it's it's a film that that could have only happened around the time it happened, and I think, it, but it, but it also it isn't a time capsule of a movie, and I think that that's quite something. No, absolutely. Uh, our audience on that on Magnolia was definitely not shit. Twenty, sorry, seventy-one percent. Touching cloth, seven percent. Shit, zero percent. And God, it's long. 22%. That's a fair comment. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just putting up a poll about Cat Dealey. Two ticks. <laughs> a poll? Yeah. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> no. Are you going back to having fun with Cat Dealey right now while we're recording? I am. I, just, um, I, I didn't post it on the Dude and a Monkey one because I'm an idiot. Um, but I just record. I, I just posted it on my Twitter. Twenty nine minutes. We'll, we'll have the re- we'll have hopefully have the results at the end of the show. Right. Cool. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go retweet that. Cool. Uh, right. Shall we do Fifty Shades Free? Because we might be running out of time for uh, that much. What we've been watching. Breaking news: Joss Whedon has exited the Batgirl movie. Shocker. Well, there's a fucking surprise. Didn't we actually call that last week on I last think, week's show? Yeah, I think that might have happened. I think. I think. I'm pretty sure I said there is no fucking chance that that comes to end up doing that. Mm. Yeah, that's. I just don't think the fucking Batgirl movie. What Quote is it? from Whedon: Batgirl is such an exciting pro- project, and Warner's DC such collaborative and supportive car- partners that it took me months to realise I really didn't have a story. Well, well done, Joss. Well done, Joss Whedon. I collected money for months, uh, and then decided, do you know what? I didn't have a story. Yeah. Anyway, do you know what? Just, just to say, um, Warner DC, uh, I don't have a Batgirl story either. I have no idea. So can I, can I be listed to direct it and collect money for a little bit to actually before I make it? Hmm. That, 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 guy, that guy's not going to make another film. You have to wonder. I just, I, 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 for a start off, I don't think he's a filmmaker. He's made a few films. I don't think he's a filmmaker. I'm not saying I don't think he's... Uh, capable of the craft of making films he clearly is but I don't think he sees himself as a filmmaker I think he sees himself more as a showrunner and a writer mm. we'll see so yeah uh, Fifty Shades Freed we had to do it we did the other two we had to do the uh, final part in the global phenomenon of Fifty Shades Freed um, directed again by James Foley who directed Fifty Shades Darker um, we pick up back um, pretty much where we left off uh, except they're now married Mark no one cares 
They do. People care. All right. I care. All right. Uh, and then what happens? Uh, oh, she goes back to work, and um, generic stock creepy guy, uh, it turns out, is some kind of fucking genius. Uh, and he's got an obsession with the greys, and he's doing all kinds of shit, but he might be having help. But then they go and have sex, uh, and then stuff happens, and Rita Ora gets to say things in this one. Uh, That's true. T- to the point of where, I mean, we're all supposed all the time, someone went, hang on a minute, Rita Ora's saying shit, please somebody fucking gag her so she stops doing it. Uh, yeah, so... Um, Mr. and Mrs. Grey will see you now, Ian. What did you think of Fifty Shades Free? Yeah, I thought the it was the worst final one. Part, the final part of the trilogy. Yeah, um, I thought it was the worst one. Um, I thought the first one actually had some interesting shit to say about the submissive dominant stuff, and I thought it looked good. It had some good production value. Second one had, um, you know, an interesting thriller element to it. Like, I rewatched the second one this week as you well. You did, yes. I bought and- it on iTunes. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think of it? <laughs> I really enjoyed it again, actually, yeah. Fair enough. I mean, this one... Um, it's notable only for him showing her a private jet and her saying, you own this. <laughs> you just marry the fucking... You just marry... says in the uh, second nah. one that he owns an airline. <laughs> marry the billionaire. He owns an, airli- an airline. Why? Why? Why is that a surprise? Um, also, for the... I was looking for you. I thought I might find you here. What, in the fridge eating ice cream? Like, it... it, <laughs> it, 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 it I, yeah. I, yeah. Um, also, and and the, the, the passive-aggressive assistant who's in two scenes, who is unmasked as the sketchy guy's assistant she's in the first one as well she's in the second one as well yeah i'm sure she is she's actually she's not the assistant she's uh the hr manager all right fine whatever that's that that's cool it's basically i mean like i don't know the sex isn't that interesting there's a lot of johnson's dakotas but not of uh, not a lot of dornan's johnson i feel mm-hmm. bad uh, i asked um rhiannon a girl on my team i asked her uh, did you actually feel particularly satisfied being it by any of these films in the in relation to the Jamie Dornan? She said, no, Charlie Hunnam was my Mr. Grey. Uh, but they shouldn't have pissed him off. But they shouldn't, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it. I feel bad for fans of the franchise, uh, of the books, because they want to have a fun, sexy time, and they get, a lot of Johnson's Dakotas. And you know, you know what? I like Johnson's Dakotas. We've seen a lot of Johnson's Dakotas. Let's have some fucking dick bulge. Let's have mm. some cock. Mm. You know, the rest of it, whatever. The thriller plot that comes into the end. I love the way that Grey is just completely fucking inert. It's like he's just in a car being driven and then he's too late to save his wife. And I like the fact that I like the fact that she fucking she's the one who actually shoots Blokey. Hide. Mm. Hide, Hide by the way. Yep. Hide for fuck's sake. Um I, I like that. I like that she is she's in control of her she's own She's not agency. saved. Yeah. She's in control of her own agency there, but also her husband is fucking horrific to her. Like 
that scene where he is drunk and literally says to their unborn child, oh, you're the intruder, you're going to take her away from me. <laughs> and she forgives him for that. It, I, that, that. Uh, can, can I point you to the fact that, that, that you thought that the fuck you baby thing in the night before was quite funny? But he doesn't actually mean it. He says, fuck you, baby, you cunt. <laughs> but he doesn't mean it. He's just freaked out. You could argue with Jerry Donner that he's freaked out. No. Seth Rogen the night before is a momentary I am on drugs and... But beforehand, he was into having the baby. He was. Jamie Dornan is... You didn't take your shot. Fuck you. You know, it, it's it's... Nah. Nah, I'm not having that. Don't you dare. Don't you dare, Mark Foster. Don't you dare. Don't you fucking dare. Right, okay, fine. Defend it. Go on. I know you want to. <laughs> fucking go on. I, I really liked it. For and sake, like, man. I, like, I what did. is wrong with you? A lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I really quite enjoyed it. Um, in and, a, and Kim Basinger wasn't even in it. No, she wasn't. Anyway, in, in, in a in a this is a fitting finale to to these three movies. Three movies that, as a as a cinephile, I should be vehemently against. You like a, the thing is the first two I don't mind. It's just this one is fucking useless. But. Yeah, but I thought it was charming at points. I think for the first time, Janie Dornan actually displays a personality mm. within it. Um, it's it's fun. It, yeah, I don't think any of them are particularly sexy. Um, in Fifty Shades Darker, one of the... Because I watched the extended cut, the unmasked cut. Good. Um, <laughs> there's an extra sexy scene in it right. uh, where he fucks her over a pool table. Sweet. And he literally he pushes her over the pool table uh, after they've played pool um, and says to her, I'm not going to be gentle. This is going, I'm going to fuck you hard and this I'm not going to be gentle. And she goes, okay. And then he literally fucks her. Possibly the most, like, if you're talking about 10 is just fucking brutal, fucking, ah, and fucking zero is old people having sex. It's maybe a six. Right, okay. Um, Bex, Bex actually looked at me and said, if you said, if you said that to me and then did that, I would turn around to you and go, really? <laughs> um, mm. So it was, so that was quite amusing that. And it is like that. It, it's, it's almost like Jamie Dornan just doesn't like what's going on. <laughs> like yeah. he's really uncomfortable with it. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Dakota Johnson seems like she'd be a little bit like, I'm, yeah, I'm fucking down with this. Whereas Donna's like, no, no, I am, I am missionary, and on birthdays, maybe doggy. Yeah. And, and Dakota Johnson's like, fucking no, fucking hit me with that. Yeah. It, it does. It does feel like that. It, it yeah. feels like he's done this because he thinks this is going to enhance my career. Um, therefore I'm going to do it and then he's got into it and gone I don't like it don't like it can we just get to the end uh, where's Dakota Johnson's gone <laughs> fuck it I don't need the money I'm fucking rich 
I love the fact that there has literally been no press for this film. Yeah. It, it, it is contractual obligation, the movie. Yeah. It's it's incredible. But I still enjoyed it. They just fucking it literally is fluff. It is it is it is one of those fucking tea cake things that just has a marshmallow inside it, right? And and that's all this is. It, it's just fucking marshmallow with a little dough of chocolate and then there's there's maybe a little bit of jam inside and you're going, ah oh, shit, there's no biscuit. What the fuck? It is just a film of fluff that then tries to put a little bit of story in it, but it's bollocks nobody gives a shit just show fucking whizzing around in that fast car going to exotic places and just she's a little bit she's a little bit shit at having a billionaire for a husband mm-hmm. isn't she oh i need to have my own career he owns that company you're only in that job because he owns that company yeah. it's that oh no you got there through hard work and blowing me it, that's essentially what's going on but i like the fact that she's just a bit He's a dick to her. Like, he is a dick to her mm. in general. He's controlling and everything like that. You could argue, maybe, that, he's, that, 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 that she's aware that's what he's like and she's trying to essentially work that out of him. He'll change for me. <laughs> and he kind of does seem to want to change for her. But I like the fact that she's just fucking playful with it. Yeah. She's, she's like, oh, we're going to do this. No, I'm not. It's like, oh, you are. You say, like, nope. But I, I just, I nope. still, I still remember from Fifty Shades of Grey that scene where they're across that office table from each other negotiating the contract. Yeah. I actually remember that scene. Yeah. I don't remember anything from any of the films, but I remember that. And why? Because Sam Taylor Johnson gave a shit. And there was interesting stuff going on there. But I don't think Sam Taylor Johnson's a good director. I, I I think she went into that film with her eyes open and then she tried. Yeah, and I think that, that she was the wrong choice for there, it. There, there's an argument to be made for that. Whereas but... James Foley, I think, is the right choice for these type of movies because they're not... They're not think fucking pieces. It's fucking hell. It was bore out of Twilight fan fucking fiction. But wouldn't it For be Christ interesting it. if it was more than that, though? Which the first film did, at did, times but, strained to be. It did, but I don't think that's what people who read the books want. They want. They, they want, don't want this either because it's not that sexy and there's not a lot of Jamie Dornan. No, but but I think that, that it was always going to be difficult to make these movies because you can't show it an can't. erect penis. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. It Which is, is wrong. And, and because... Be, yeah, I mean, like, re, re, again, Rhiannon and work, like, she's not a film buff in the slightest. Like, <laughs> you know, but she was like, basically, if you want to do Fifty Shades, you have to do porno. Yeah, and there, 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 is, a, there is a poem. Um, version of it that isn't just Fifty Shades of Dick. It, it's um, I think it's called the, the Emancipation of, of Emma Marks. I think it's called, right. which is essentially a, a, a porn version of this where they've they've done it close enough to not get sued. Um, that is closer to what people. I haven't read the book, so I don't know, but I think it's probably closer to that. Uh, let me just make sure I'm getting that title right. Uh, no, the submission of Emma Marks, it's called. 
yeah, and they've sense. done they've done um, three of them, I believe. Mm. Uh, and they start uh, a, a adult actress called Penny Pax. And I've watched the first one, to be honest. Okay, fair enough. And yeah, it's sexier because it can show people getting fucked rather than people pretending to fuck. However, the sexiest part of the entire fucking trilogy is the bit where he's on that fucking pommel horse holding himself up and you go, damn, yeah. no matter what gender you are. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's that, shit is imp- that shit is impressive. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the hottest part was Max Martini, but, you know, fine. No, it's that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and I, I will admit that at the end of it, when there was a little montage of right. bits that have happened throughout it and everything like that, I was watching it going, oh, I'm a little bit sad that this is the last one. Hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and I will watch this trilogy again. I liked it, um, and I'm I'm not ashamed to say it. I might watch the first one again. It ends with her saying, "No, it's not fucking happening." But... I've I've rewatched the second, and I've rewatched the first, uh, and I will say that the second is that they're more playful. They feel more. They feel more what these movies should be. Whereas <coughs> the first one seems like. Gene Onan's shit in the first one. And Dakota Johnson's not great either. Oh, just, just fucking, it just, I don't know, man. It's like... <coughs> it's, it, 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 it's messy as fuck and it's all over the place, the first one. It's not, the first one, I, I would go as far as say, I, I, I think it's actually a bad film. It just, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't get what these films probably should be. And it just, it's... Whereas Foley does seem more... It's more his fucking wheelhouse. I, I, I don't think these films are what they should be. I mean, like you say, it's impossible to be what these films should be. I think that you like it more because it is your... Because <laughs> it's your wheelhouse. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. <laughs> and I'm, is I, cool. I, I'm fine with that. But it, I, it, I, I, I... These bits... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Fuck's sake. <laughs> anyway... If if it was, if it was the audience's wheel, I I agree. Parts two and three are more the audience's wheelhouse than part one is. I agree mm. with that. Parts two and three still aren't what they want. No, they probably not. But then again, the screening that I went to, which is a couple of weeks after it was released, on a Wednesday night, full. Yeah, don't get me much. wrong, man. I went to see it Monday, ten to six, and it was like two thirds full. Yeah, two, I, I would say, yeah, about two-thirds full, maybe three-quarters full. I think I'm pretty sure there was me and one other guy there, and everyone seemed to really enjoy it. Oh, dude, it was all fucking... It, it was all women in my showing. Like, I basically had my fucking power beats in, like, not looking at anyone in the fucking eye, hoping that the person who scanned my fucking Cineworld ticket thing on my app said, didn't say Fifty Shades. Thankfully, she just went screen two first on the left. Um, I, you see, I, I own that fucking shit. I'm like, I'm like nodding at people. Yeah, yeah, we watch this. Yep, yep. I, I, I fucking, I, I go into, I go into that fucking with my head held fucking high. I don't have that self confidence. Anyway, shades freed, please. Anyway, definitely shit. Yeah, you're wrong. 
<laughs> we must know who's wrong on this one. Well, you actually going definitely not shit. Yeah, I'm definitely not shit. Good for you. Own it. Fair enough. And I, I, I'm you're not, an idiot. I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even going to go Geostorm. Yep, you're an idiot. All right. I, I, That's thoroughly, cool. I, I, I thoroughly accept that. Um, have we got time for any what we've been watching? I'm, I'm, I'm good. It's all on you, mate. I'm good. Yeah, we can fucking speed around this shit, can't we? All right. I, I, I'll, I'll speed round mine so you can spend a bit more time on yours. On, I've already no, talked no, about. I, I, I will speed round, don't worry. Go on. All right, fine. Oh, shit. Okay, uh, I talked about 8 Mile last week, didn't I? Or did I? Yes. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, no. no, okay, 8 Mile. Um, that film doesn't really oh, hold up quick, very well. Quickly, 50 Shades Free. Definitely not shit, 22%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Touching Cloth, 11%. Yeah. Shit, 56%. And yeah. Geostorm, 11%. I'm very happy with that. Fair enough. Fine, good for you. Um, actually, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't be so fucking mingy about that. I'm glad people enjoy it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Just more fucking let. Just more. More dick. More Jamie Johnson. Yeah. More, anyway. more, more. What is it? Oh, by the way, I actually quite liked the scene where he got where he was put his head in a jumper and told the fetus off. Well, yeah, but you hate kids. Um, that is that is true. Yeah, right. <laughs> Becky literally said that would be you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, eight mile. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Eight mile. I don't really want to talk about eight mile either. It's fine. It's aged quite badly. Horribly. I I I, I am guessing that movie I, I, is aged. That film, if it was released now, holy fucking shit! Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> um, so there's Eight Mile. Uh, Creed. Creed is fucking fantastic. Oh, I need to rewatch Creed. Creed is fucking fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I watched a documentary called Tickled, which I want you to watch, and then we'll talk about it. It's on. Amazon I will watch. Prime. I, I will watch it this week. I promise. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, but uh, folks, Tickled, Amazon Prime. Get acquainted with it, and we'll we'll see you next week. And the only other one I want to talk about is The Ritual, which is... Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's a new film by David Bruckner, who did The, um, uh, the Signal, I believe. Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, did a section for VHS and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, this is... Um, bit of cognitive... Is that the Rave Spar one? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's on Netflix everywhere but the UK. It was like a Netflix original everywhere outside the UK, but got a theatrical over here. So it's on VOD over here. I, rent, I, I rented it for £3.49 on Amazon in standard death. You know, you've got to save those pennies somehow. Um, so, yeah. Um, so you could rent it in high definition, but you rented it in standard death. Yeah, because it was a quid less. Fucking hell. <laughs> That surprised my, me for you, bud. <laughs> my wife, my, 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 right. A, I watched most of it on my phone. B, my wife is self-employed. <laughs> yeah, look after the pennies and the pounds, take care of themselves, bro. There you go. So, and also, it's a bit, oh, I don't know, it's like, if it, the thing is, if it was in 4K, like, seriously, if it was in 4K on iTunes, I'd pay the 549. You know, I would. Like, yep. but it's like it's not. I'm not paying five forty nine on iTunes to watch this in HD when I can pay two quid less and just watch it in standard death. Is that it was five forty nine on, on, on iTunes? Today, it's it? fucking iTunes new rental policy where everything's fucking five forty nine because yeah, they do fucking four K fucking four K four K is the fucking same price. So we're just going to increase the price of rentals anyway. It's good for me generally. I can't complain. I feel bad for people who don't have four K. 
Anyway, <coughs> so, the ritual. Um, tagline, they should have gone to Vegas. Um, so, you're kind of thinking it might be a bit jokey. You know, they should have gone to Vegas. Nah, yeah. It's not. It's really grim. <laughs> and, like, literally, I'm writing my review for Vodzilla, which will be up by the time you hear this. And the first paragraph is talking about what is in a tagline. Because it was like, I kind of got put off by this film because of the taglines. It was like, okay, fine, comedy, horror, whatever. And it's like, it's really not. Basically, five mates on a night out in a city, assuming London. Two of them walk into an offie or a fucking one-stop or whatever, like a Tesco Express kind of thing. And uh, one of them gets fucking murdered by people robbing the place. And then the remaining four go on a hiking trail in Sweden, which the dead one wanted to do. And then um, they have, they want to take a shortcut through some woods and then shit starts going down. And it's basically, the first act is like unsaid anger and resentment at the one who didn't do anything. The second act is that ship kind of blowing up. And the third act is a really fucking weird monster thing a really interesting look to it like really interesting interesting concept to it and shit going down it's a it, it's quite an oppressive atmosphere in the cinema it I, i'm I, i'm kind of kicking myself that i didn't see it in the cinema now because it would have been quite an experience yeah. i think um, Bruckner handles the tension of it all really well. The cast are really good. Um, it it it's based on a novel and seems to actually be about shit. It, it it's about guilt and resentment and you know how that shit can fester within people. But there's a monster in it as well. I really liked it. It's not perfect. Mm. Um. You know, the the budgetary constraints kind of do show themselves in the third act. But it's... I thought it was a really interesting piece of work. And I I would recommend it. It's a solid recommend. It's not like the best horror of the year, blah, blah, blah. But it's a really, really solid recommend. So when it crops up on one of the um, streaming services for free, it, it, it's, a, it's a good kind oh, of fuck yeah. good Wednesday night. I'm okay. I, I was okay paying £3.49 for it. If you're just watching it as part of a subscription, that's a fucking win. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, that, that, that's me. Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll speed round my... I, I always spot, uh, talked about uh, American Made. Uh, I already talked about Fifty Shades Darker. So the other two I've got uh, on here... Uh, uh, I actually watched um, the Tambourine, the new Chris Rock um, stand-up thing he's done for Netflix. Shit. The, yeah, how's that? The first of uh, two, I think, there's going to be. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's it's like a record amount they've paid for the specials. Uh, it's really good. Chris Rock is still really, really fucking funny. Um, and he deals with he, he deals with the same things he. Um, you know, yes, Trump gets a mention, but it's not just constantly there, and it's it's done in a smart way. He talks about his divorce, and he talks about um, his addiction to porn, and how he's dating again now, etc., and things like that. Uh, but he's really fucking funny with it, and he's really critical with it. But he's not he's not just he's not crowd pleasingly critical. Chris Rock, he's very much 
he's a smart guy and he, he cuts through it quite well. And I also watched the uh, Patton Oswalt, um, especially did as well, mm-hmm. um, that he's more direct just attacking Trump because it's more his style uh, and it's, it's funny. Uh, and then he deals with the the, the stuff with his, his, his wife passing um, and that's fucking heartbreaking the way he deals with that. It, it genuinely is, you know, for to go with a, a from a comedy thing where it, it's the Chris Rock one is laugh out loud funny at points. The Patton Oswalt is 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 quite chuckle funny and there's the occasional more snigger funny. Uh, but that's I think his kind of that's his style of comedy. And then he starts on the talking about his wife thing, uh, and it's it it, it 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 does get you quite quite emotionally with it. Mm. It is fucking heartbreaking to listen to because he's talking about it in relation to, you know, losing his wife, but also the fact that it's, it, he's got a young daughter as well. Yeah. And he, he talks about that element of it and that's quite, quite, quite fucking tough to, to, to watch, you know, because he speaks like quite, quite honestly and he's not, he's not trying to go for laughs, but he just happens to be a funny guy and he happens to know he's a funny guy and he spoke about it and said, for somebody who talks about their life in their comedy, for me to not mention it would be remiss. It'd be, I'd be cheating the people who've put me where I am. And that's wrong. Mm. Uh, and it's interesting, he's in Magnolia, isn't he, of course? Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, they're both you know, solid recommend if, if, if either comedian is yours kind of thing. Mm. Um, I also rewatched a, a, a James Foley movie. Um the Perfect Stranger, the uh, Hal Berry and uh, Bruce Willis, Giovanni Ribisi film. Nice. Have you ever seen this? No, but that sounds Fucking amazing. Hell. Right. Okay. Mm. So, Hal Berry is an investigative journalist, um, mm. and her research partner is Giovanni Ribisi. She uncovers a story that will expose a Republican senator. Mm. Uh, having um, sexual relations with uh, male interns, and he's very anti-Republican, um, okay. so he's very anti-gay uh, yeah. rights, etc. Uh, she's celebrating the story and getting it all on tape and everything like that, and then the story gets fucking quashed. Uh, and so she's basically taken off and told to take a bit of a break, and then she gets a lead on a story investigating... Uh, a marketing mogul played by Bruce Willis who happens to be married to a very, very rich woman and that's where all his money comes from and it seems he's playing away online. He's doing the online sexting thing uh, in 2007 Uh, and so she starts investigating that uh, and things sort of move from there. This movie fucking goes all over the place so much mm. <laughs> it's it's John, Giovanni Ribisi in peak Giovanni Ribisi fucking weirdness that sounds good uh, he's not quite dancing um, with a uh, with a juice box kind of that kind of weird yeah but it is him being just fucking just fucking creepy Howberry's character um, goes all over the place uh, essentially Giovanni uh, Ribisi's character is it's kind of he's helping her has a bit of a thing for her but he's helping her and he's doing everything she asks and she's fucking horrible to him 
Like, she's an absolute bitch. Like, properly, he does what she's asking. And because he's either not doing it quick enough or he's not doing what exactly what she's asked or if he's improvising somewhere, she just starts screaming at him. <laughs> nice. Bruce Willis is just fucking, like, just just creepy in it. It's <laughs> just a bit weird. Almost like he doesn't know it's a film. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, like that. Like, like he's fucking, like, He's settled into this way too fucking easy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's like that. Um, it's it's it's, a, it's an hour and like fifty minutes or something like that. Um, and I'm I'm almost tempted to say that if on a Saturday night and it's eleven o'clock and you go in, I've had a couple of beers and I need some shit to watch <laughs> that I can just kind of laugh at. Yes, perfect stranger fits the fucking bill there with no problem because it's just a bit stupid it's really fucking stupid actually and i i i, I enjoyed it quite a lot actually mm. okay yeah all right good for you yep <laughs> but i'm an idiot so mm. yeah what mm. other james foley movies could i watch <laughs> god glenn gary glenn ross Ah, uh, oh, fear. The um, actually, I've seen all of his movies. <laughs> fear, yeah, fear. The the, the Mark Wahlberg, the, the Reese Witherspoon, yeah, fuck. Yeah. I like that. It's a good movie. <laughs> I remember the fingering on the roller coaster. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna rewatch that soon. Mm. Uh, oh, the Corrupter, also with Mark Wahlberg, but also with Chow Young Fat. Nice. Ah, oh, fucking! I, 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 do you know what? I feel a bit of a foley thong coming on. It's, no, well, let's get the Judderphone out of the way. Let's get first, the under the way. Uh, and I also uh, rewatched the 2000 remake of Bedazzled. Oh shit! All right, good old Brendan yeah. Fraser. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, 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 I like this movie. Yeah, I it's like fun. it as well. Um, Harold Ramis in it. Harold Ramis is yeah, yeah. it's Harold Ramis. Yeah, um, I, I miss Brendan Fraser. Um, and Elizabeth Hurley is having a lot of fun in this movie. Mm. <laughs> a lot of fun. Literally, she's going, she's just basically going, so essentially, I am an accent and a hot body. Yeah, brilliant. That's what I do best. Mm. And that's what it is. And yeah, that, it's, it, it was a lot of fun uh, rewatching this. It is 93 minutes long, and it is, it, that is exactly how long this movie should be. Nice. But I watched it on Amazon Prime and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, like I said, I rewatched American Made and yeah, that, that shit holds up. Very good. So yeah, um, <laughs> what are we covering next week, Ian? Uh, can I just say we got results on the Cat Dealey poll? Oh, what was it? Actually, well, first off, James Watley at Watley Dude said, Cat Dealey once bought me a Kit Kat. The woman can <laughs> do no wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. Man, it's fucking if that woman so weird if that woman bought me a kit kat at a certain age in my life i just i would have had an accident i won't lie (laughs) jesus fucking christ anyway (laughs) i'm pleased to say (coughs) for fuck's sake i'm so sorry (laughs) out of 19 fuck's sake sorry 19 votes is quite a lot (laughs) 19 votes in half an hour 
in half an hour. 63% definitely not shit. Shit, 37%. And can I say that I accidentally pressed shit when I was supposed to press definitely not shit on Fuck that? Fuck you. <laughs> I, I didn't press anything. I wanted it to be true. So, all right, the verdict on Kat Dealy, she's a peach. Yep. Right, next week, we got Mute. We do have mutes. We got Ladybird. We do have Ladybird. We have I, Tonya. Fuck it, yeah, why not? Hey! Yep. Triple banger. Let's do Triple this. Triple banger, yes. Yeah, fuck it. I'm, yeah, I'm thrilled up for that. Nice. Cool, right. Um, yes, so that was episode uh, 244. Uh, thank you much for listening, guys. Uh, we will be back next week with a triple bill of reviews. Uh Dudemonkey.com, uh, Patreon slash Dudemonkey, at Ian Loring, at DudeFoz, at Dudemonkey, Dudemonkey at gmail.com. Ian, am I forgetting anything? Nope. Cool, right. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we shall speak to you next week, guys. Bye-bye.